sacred liturgy began in darkness. In a completely dark church, the ancient liturgy of the Easter Vigil begins in a dark church to represent the state of the world. The Son of God is dead. All there is is darkness. You see, after the fall, there was a rejection and a rebellion against God, and the world was shrouded with sin and darkness, evil, destruction, violence, hatred, deception, lies. This is what the world is like without God. And no matter what anyone was able to do, no one could save the human race from this condition. No matter what anyone tried, death, which is the ultimate power of darkness, could not be overcome. In the sacred liturgy, we begin to hear about the covenants that God formed with his people, that because he loved us, he drew near to us. He began to make himself known and invite us into relationship with him. And throughout the centuries, as he draws near to Israel, he begins to send his light into the darkness. That is his word about who he is and about what he longs for us to be. He longs for us to be his God. I'm sorry, he longs, he longs to be our God and we to be his people. And he draws near to us. And it wasn't until the fullness of time in Jesus that that light of God's word became flesh. And this is when God speaks himself to us and reveals himself fully to us. We hear Jesus say in the Gospel of John, I have come as light into the world that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. So God comes to reveal himself so that we may not live in darkness anymore, enslaved to death, enslaved to the disorder and destruction that has been our lot since the beginning. And yet John also says, but this is the judgment. This is what Jesus says in John. But this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light. In other words, God has come to save us from the darkness of sin and death. And it's precisely the darkness of sin and death in the human heart that caused us to revolt against the light to try to snuff it out. We revolted against the Son of God and we killed him. But as Jesus says, or as, as the author of John says, in Jesus was life and the light, and the, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness cannot overcome the light of the world. And so as we enter into this sacred liturgy, one of the most powerful moments of this liturgy is when the deacon is coming forth into the church with this sacred candle. And he's crying out, the light of Christ. Everything else is dark. And when he's saying that, as the light comes into the church, darkness begins to scatter. Because this light was not snuffed out by our own sin. It was not conquered by death. It was the solution. It was the light that scattered the darkness. And so the resurrection, Jesus raising from the dead, represents a light that cannot be overcome. 
And it's a powerful moment. Every time light is brought into darkness, darkness is no match for it. The darkness of evil, the darkness of the devil, the darkness of sin and destruction is no match for Jesus. When he's brought into the world, that darkness begins to recede. Or it does fully recede. So the resurrection of Jesus brings with it the full revelation of who God is and who we are. In other words, when Jesus raises, is raised from the dead, it, it shows us that Jesus is who he says he is. That Jesus is the son of God. He's the one that's come to transfer us from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of, of, of God's beloved son. He's the one that calls us to be in relationship with him and gives us everything that we need to become his sons and daughters, to live in the freedom of love. If the resurrection is true, it strongly proclaims that love is stronger than death, that his mercy is more powerful than the worst of sins. It truly means that his truth is stronger than all lies that can come against us. And so as the deacon processes down the middle aisle, suddenly we begin to have our own candles lit from the one candle, which is Christ. And the, and the symbolism of those flames being, being, being kind of representing what God gives to us is something I wanted to simply reflect upon with you. I'm going to offer a few points, and some of these I'm going to draw from Pope Benedict, but it's very important for us to recognize the power of this light. The first point is this. This little flame represents and symbolizes the new life that God has given to us in baptism. You see, the ancient church called baptism photismos, which is illumination. That when we are baptized, we become enlightened by Christ. We become illumined by Christ, right? We who live in darkness in sin and are enslaved to death are brought into the very light of God himself at baptism. That we're taken away from the dominion of darkness and we're brought into the light of God's love and we receive new life. So just at the beginning of creation, God says, let there be light. So in baptism, when we become a new creation, he's saying to us, let there be light. There's new light, new life. And that's when divine life comes within us at our baptism. Tonight, we have elect who are going to be receiving God's light in the midst of the darkness of their souls, not having been recreated yet, God is going to be saying to them, let there be light. They will become enlightened. They will become illumined. They will become a new creation in this very evening. And so all of us who have the flame of faith in our own hands are called to keep that flame of faith alive to be kept burning brightly and to be kept burning brightly so that the world might know that Jesus is not dead, he is alive and more powerful than sin and death. And I wanna propose that there are two ways of keeping this flame of faith alive and burning brightly. Just as candles need fuel and oxygen in order to burn brightly, I wanna propose that each of us needs both sacrificial love and the Holy Spirit to keep the flame of faith in our own life burning. First, the fuel. 
Pope Benedict says that the Paschal candle, which symbolizes Jesus, is a light that lives from sacrifice. Think about it. The candle is a light, or the, the light is a light that lives from sacrifice. It shines inasmuch as it is burnt up. It gives light inasmuch as it gives itself. So for, in order for us to keep the flame of faith alive in our own heart, we must begin to live like Jesus in sacrificial love. In fact, the surest way to make sure that this flame that God gives to us burns out quickly is for us to turn inward on ourselves. It needs us to be consumed by giving ourselves away. And the more that we love, the more that we get to keep for ourselves. And the more that we love, the more that we begin to burn brightly in the world. It's no surprise then that when people lose their faith, it's almost always because they've stopped loving or they turned away from God and toward, turned in on themselves. We need to remember that it is precisely in keeping our faith and giving God everything, our time, our talent, our treasure, giving God our entire lives, that's one of the promised ways for us to make sure that this flame is kept burning brightly. The second is oxygen. No flame can burn without oxygen. And so the oxygen of the Christian life simply is prayer to the Holy Spirit. We cannot live a life in Christ if we aren't receiving from the breath of God, the Holy Spirit in prayer. It is precisely in, in prayer that the Holy Spirit fans into flame the life that he has given to us. Because if we're not praying, we're not receiving from the Holy Spirit, our flame will get very, very small, just like a candle does when it loses oxygen. But when the Holy Spirit is flowing in prayer, when we are open to his work, the work of God, the sacrifice that we have, we're giving ourselves sacrificially to God, we're opening up our heart, that little flame can become an inferno of love that not only takes us over, but those around us. And that really is an image of the church that we become so suffused with God's grace, so open to his sacrificial love, that we begin to burn brightly as a church. And we burn a lot more brightly when we burn together than when we do on our own. We need to remember that God wants us to fully rely on the Holy Spirit and to fully sacrifice ourselves in love because these two things allow our little flames to become big flames. Finally, the flame of our, our little candles symbolize our mission vis-a-vis -vis the darkness of this world. You see, the world wants us to keep this flame of faith to ourselves. It wants us to say that our faith is just merely a, a private matter. It wants us to put the flame of faith, the fire, the light under a bushel basket. But Jesus says to each of us, you are the, the light of the world. We're not meant to hide this light. We are not given light to keep it to ourselves. We live in a world of darkness, a world that needs the truth, the life, and the goodness of God. It needs us to stand tall and strong, confident that we have power, the power over sin and death that God has given to us. And there's nothing in the world that can overcome us. We need to stand in confidence that Jesus Christ is alive. And that's what enables us to go out to bring his goodness into every sphere of society that we live in, to your workplace, to your family, to not be ashamed 
of the darkness when you have the light. If we really believe that we're the light of God, why are we afraid of darkness? We cannot afford to retreat as Christians. We cannot retreat and say, let's just bring our little lights together. We need to go out where the darkness is. That's where God is calling us. It's, it's precisely the Holy Spirit that we need to help us. Because I, I would say that the darker the world gets, the more we need our lights to shine. We cannot be a church of cowards. We need to be confident. And there's nothing more um, capable of giving us confidence than the fact that Jesus has already overcome the darkness. He's already conquered our greatest fear. Tonight we have our candidates who will be receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit in confirmation. The fullness of the Holy Spirit to courageously witness to Jesus, the risen Jesus, in whose name we have the forgiveness of sins. And the Holy Spirit really is, especially in the gift of confirmation, the spirit of courage, who calls us to get out of ourselves, to be bold, to proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God. My brothers and sisters, tonight we celebrate the best possible news that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. My challenge to all of us is that we never forget who we are. We never forget our task of declaring to the world that lives in darkness, that is shrouded in the lies, deception, and destruction of the, of the darkness, that we have nothing to be afraid of because Jesus, our light, has conquered everything. We have a loving God who has come to, over, who's come to rescue us, and because he's risen from the dead, he cannot be overcome.